Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. On today's episode, EA caught up with the general manager himself, Joe Douglas, one-on-one and talked about this Jets draft, his first draft as general manager and where this roster is right now as it stands on April 29th. And EA, before we hear from the architect himself, how do you feel like he went about his first draft as general manager, especially when you consider the unusual circumstances, to say the least? Uh, Green's patient, calculating, well thought out. I thought the Jets, to a man, they raved about the communication heading up to the draft. Uh, Their preparation was on point. I think the collaboration between Joe Douglas and his personnel staff and Adam Gase and the coaching staff was tremendous. I think the guys felt very good heading into the weekend. And then Joe Douglas had every reason to feel very good about improving his roster after the weekend that his first draft class is general manager in the New York Jets, nine players, uh, and you also traded for one. So, yeah, I consider it a 10-person class. But uh, I just thought Joe was patient. And the other thing that he did, it, he never reached. That's what it felt like throughout the draft greens. And we saw him make three trades. So we thought going into it, yeah, he'd probably make a trade or two. But three trades, very interesting. So, um, and, and when you trade down greens, you have to have confidence in your selection of players in the prep that you've had, because when you trade down, that means that some players are going to obviously go off the board. So you have to have a group of players you're comfortable taking. And uh, I think uh, Joe Douglas has every reason to feel uh, very good about what transpired. Let's hear from the head man himself before we talk about this roster anymore. Here he is, Joe Douglas, one-on-one. Joe, how special was your first draft as general manager of the New York Jets? Oh, it was great. It was a uh, it was a great process. I think the best part was getting getting in with the, our our scouts and our and our coaching staff and having that week of meetings and you know hearing everybody's rankings and hearing everybody's reports and the discussions that we had that kind of that led us into the last weekend's draft. It was I, I thought it was a great process and uh, everything everything uh, worked smoothly. We were able to upgrade the talent of this team. First virtual draft in NFL history. Your wife Shannon offered to keep the kids in the basement, but you declined. When Addison hugged you, when Addie hugged you, and Tommy and Lulu were there, can you describe that moment? Yeah, that was surreal. Um, you know, they they wanted to go down the basement because they they didn't want to be too loud. But it was such a it's such a unique thing to have your family this close to you during the draft, and uh, with them being in the room opposite, and then having the call with Makai and how excited he was and his family was, and so that that gets you fired up. And then in walks uh, your children, and you know they're hugging you and telling you how proud they are, and you know. Um, you've worked so hard for, for a moment like this and it really put things in perspective. It really hit me like this, this is truly a special evening. Speaking of perspective, you had an emphasis on the offensive line, a need for speed and playmakers around your quarterback, Sam Darnold, the quest for position flexibility, and you wanted to shore up some needs. Just how far has this roster come since January when you look at it from the perspective not only is just the draft but free agency as well 
You know, I think from the from the start, um, our focus was going going to be to improve the protection and playmakers uh, on offense. I feel like we addressed that in free agency, um, and then uh, the draft was another opportunity to address it as well. And um, you know, the pieces that we were able to bring in over the weekend, uh, both offense and defense. Um, you know, the, the explosive playmakers, uh, guys that can play multiple spots. Um, what we're able to do in free agency, uh, you know, offense and defense, bringing back uh, some key, some key players from last year's team. Um, you know, I, I feel, I feel good about where we are, um, go after, after free agency in the draft, but we also know we have a lot of work to do as well. Um, you know, any opportunity we can to shore up any, any position group, uh, we're, we're going to look into it. Makai Becton, when did he jump on your radar during the pre-draft process? Makai jumped on my radar probably around October. Um, just you, know, our, our scouts send in a, a little stock up, stock down report every every week, uh, just from the places that they've been, the, the players they looked, and you know, Makai was a stock up guy, and um, scouts were excited about him and the, as a possible underclassman that was going to come out early and just uh, going out to practice and seeing seeing how big he was and how he moved around. So um, just seeing that that uh, that report uh, from our area area scouts and over the top scouts and then putting the tape on I, I think the first game I watched was the Notre Dame game and you just see this this hulking uh left tackle that moves moves so easy and it, he's able to just um you know snap snap defenders heads back every time he hits them and he lifts guys off there you know in in, in uncomfortable positions and put puts putting guys on the ground and it's uh, it's eye opening and says, OK, this guy has some unusual traits that get you fired up uh, at the tackle spot. So that was really the genesis of how Makai got on my radar. Joe, I know the film is so important and that doesn't lie. But when a guy goes to Indianapolis and you're sitting there at the combine, six, seven, three hundred sixty four pounds and he runs a 40 yard dash in five point one seconds. Have you ever seen anything like that before? <laughs> Yeah, you you knew he was a good athlete from watching the tape. You, you knew he could he you knew he could slot his feet. You knew you knew he could mirror defend uh, edge rushers um, in pass pro. Uh, but when you saw when you saw the forty, it just confirmed everything you saw on tape that th- this is a big athletic man that can do that can do a lot of things. So um, it, it was certainly it was certainly impressive to see a man that size move that well. Uh, but it, it but it was uh, it wasn't out of uh, it wasn't out of character from it for from anything we saw on tape. OK, right prior to the drafts, I think it was the day prior you gave Makai a call. Can you give us the nature of, of that conversation and why you came out of that feeling good if that guy's on the board, he might be a New York Jet. Yeah, um, you know, with with some of the things that had come out, you know, there there were questions that you know we wanted answers on, and um, you know, I can tell you that the conversation that I had with Makai was a great conversation, and uh, there was upfront. He was upfront. Um, there was there was honesty. Uh, he was authentic. Um, you know, he took he took ownership. And, um, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a really good conversation and, and, you know, just being able to spend a little extra time with him one-on-one, uh, on a FaceTime call, it, it was a, uh, it was a good experience. 
not going to go through the draft player by player. I talked to you about a bunch of these guys over the weekend, but when you think about a foundation pillar, perhaps in Mackay Becton, uh, developmental piece along the offensive line, it, it, a playmaking receiver, two versatile, highly skilled athletes for the defense, backups for a pair of signature players on offense, a pair of cornerbacks, and a punter, 16 captains in all. How do you think this class of 2020 potentially can help build the foundation of what you're trying to do here? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see down the road how all these guys pan out. You know, we're obviously excited about the character and the ability we were able to add. Um, I think all these guys have great opportunity to come in and compete and, and really make a name for themselves um, with this training camp. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited about our process, how it played out. But um, you know, this this is a, this is a group. You know, we were we were fortunate. Um, we were able to acquire some extra picks and trades. And we were fortunate on how the board fell and we were able to get, get, get the right guys um, that, that are good players. So um, they're going to, they're going to have opportunity. That's all you can ever ask for. And they've got, they each of them have great opportunity to make an impact on this year's roster. Just how strong has the collaboration been throughout the off season, despite this unprecedented time with not only you and your personnel staff, but your staff with, Adam Gase and the coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good people in this building and, you know, I know I've mentioned Murph and Steve and the IT group and, and how they really helped us with, uh, with the video teleconferencing and getting our coaching staff and personnel staff set up. But then, you know, when you have guys like Dan Zvioski, you know, who's, who's our director of, uh, who, who's our director of personnel coordinator. He does, he does such a phenomenal job of, of getting everybody on the same page. And so, um, you know, when we were able to, uh, get on the same page with teams app, get everybody in check in terms of, uh, the video conferencing with the players and then come together for this, this week of, of draft meetings that we have with the coaches and everyone was able to just put their opinion out there. Um, and if you did the work, you get a chance to, to speak your mind on the player and we're always not going to agree and, but we're going to hash it out respectfully and we're going to, we're going to try to come to the, the best, uh, the best decision for the New York Jets moving forward. So I think it was a good process. I think everybody, I think everybody was all in, um, you know, from, from, uh, a, a collaboration standpoint. I knew Adam Gase going into this and then. Obviously, you had last year to kind of watch the coaching staff and this and their players in action. But just how well have things worked between you two guys this offseason? No, it's been good. I mean, we've been able to either uh, get on the team's app or call each other just about every day and check in and, you know, bounce ideas off each other. And, um, you, you know, uh, these meetings were great you know, the, during, during the week and then the strategy meetings that we had leading up to the grip, uh, leading up to the draft, you know, we, we had a lot of, a lot of conversation, you know, and even, and even uh, me and coach, we didn't always see eye to eye uh, on exact rankings, but we talked it out. We had, we had great discussions and I think, I think both of us were really happy on how this, this year's draft turned out. Joe, what do you think about the support you've put around Sam Darnold? Uh, we oftentimes have talked about the offensive line and that was one area where you really emphasize, but 
You bring in Rashad Perryman in free agency. You draft Denzel Mims in the second round. You already have Jameson Crowder here on campus, so to speak. Your tight ends include Ryan Griffin, who kind of did everything for you last year. You're hoping to get Chris Hernan back at 100% 2020. You still have one of the most talented running backs in football, Le'Veon Bell. You add LaMichael Piran to the mix. How much better do you feel about the offensive weapons around Sam right now? Yeah, I think I think I feel good about where we're heading uh, up front in, in terms of in terms of the O line. I feel like also that a lot of people uh, forgot about Chris Herndon and how good of a player that he is. Um, you know, a little bit snake. He was snake bit last year uh, with the suspension and then the injury coming off of suspension. But you're talking about a tight end that, as a rookie that I, I want to say was the number two uh, tight end in all of the NFL and explosive uh, plays. As a, as a rookie. So, um, you know, not having him last year, it, it hurt. And so i um, really excited to get Chris back and uh, pair, you know, with him, with Griffin and, and Ryan. Ryan was a great addition. And then a young guy like Wesco. So feel, feel, feel excited to see the, these tight ends come back. And, um, you know, the depth that we've added at wide receiver, the depth that we've added at a line, the depth that we've added at running back, you know, I'm just excited to get these guys on the field and and uh, hopefully, you know, we need to get on the field and get some chemistry. But uh, the there there's uh, there's talent that excites you. I talked to you about this in Indianapolis and you said the need for speed. You address that on both sides of the ball, um, specifically the wide receiver position. Rashad Perryman, bring him in a free agency. And then Denzel Mims, we talked about him over the weekend, a long strider. But both those guys have sub four, four speed. So how potentially can that help Sam out? Because I know you've mentioned it before and Adam has too, is that you can't have the stress all the time of matriculating the ball down the field, so to speak with 12 play drives. Sometimes you got to score quickly in this league. Yeah, no, we talked a little bit at the combine about the vertical aspect of, of an offense and, and how we saw the two teams that, competed in the Super Bowl, how both of their offense feature a vertical passing game and how, and how much pressure that puts on a defense. And so when you have guys uh, like Perryman, uh, like, like Prashad, like Denzel, who are two big guys that run really fast uh, on the outside, um, the, those, those guys can put a lot of pressure on the defense. Um, you have, you have to be on alert for them when it comes to the vertical passing game. And so the hope is that that opens up a lot of free space for Jamison, for Lev, um, for, for Herndon, for Griff, for Wesco. So you, you, you're, you're hoping that this speed can really open up the door in the passing game for a lot of other people. Uh, last question about offensive line real quick. Uh, how big was it for you in Baltimore that you had a Hall of Famer at left tackle and Jonathan Ogden. And then in Philadelphia, you had Jason Peters, who I think is going to definitely uh, get Hall of Fame uh, consideration. And I, we're not going to put any kind of um, projections on Makai Becton uh, or anybody for that matter. But with that being said, uh, how much can – potentially a guy like who has talent like that helping offensive line. Yeah. You just mentioned two unbelievable players. Um, both, both, you know, J.O. is a first ballot hall of famer. JP is going to be a hall of famer. Uh, 
Um, and you know, those, when you have a, when you have a tackle like that, a left tackle like that, you go into a game, uh, very relaxed in, in terms of, uh, in terms of protection, just, you know, having been in Baltimore, as long as I was, you, you, you went into games and you just, you really didn't have to worry, um, about, about the, the other team's best pass rusher, uh, unless they moved him to the other side of the formation, uh, which oftentimes they did. So when you have a tackle like that, um, it, it takes it, it makes you sleep a little better uh, at night before a game, you know. And um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna compare Makai um, to those two guys. I mean, Makai's got to blaze his own trail. Um, but uh, you know, you're excited about the ability. You know, you're excited about about the the traits that he has, uh, the mentality that he plays with. And uh, you know, we, we we feel like he he's a guy that could that could that could be a difference maker for us up front. Where do you think this team is at defensively? You resign Jordan Jenkins and Brian Poole, among others, but then in the draft, you get a, a pair of highly uh, athletic players who provide speed and, and versatility. And that's the thing with all these acquisitions we're talking about with Joe Douglas right now is the multiplicity of positions that these guys can play. Ashton Davis and Jabari Zaninga, I think uh, it should be perfect fits for a defense that employs so many different packages with Greg Williams. Excited about the, both those guys. You know, Ashton brings speed, ball skills, versatility. Um, he's a guy you can you can throw the tape, tape on. You can see him line up over a slot receiver and cover him in man coverage. You can see him line up as a high safety and range over to the sideline to make a play on the ball. You can see him attack the alleys in the in the run game. You can see him blitz. So um, what what we have uh, with with uh, Jamal with Marcus and you know add Nash and let him compete. Um, you know the hope is that he can he can provide. Uh, that that kind of versatility and playmaking to our back end, back end, and a guy like Jabari Zaniga, um, who battled injury this year, but um, another guy uh, he can he can play the end, he can reduce inside in nickel packages to line up over a guard. You know his suddenness, uh, his explosiveness off the ball. You know his motor, his play temperament, how hard he plays that jumps off the tape. So so um, with those two guys. Uh, we feel like those are guys that can that can line up in in different positions uh, on any, any given play, and you know based on matchups and help us. So uh, you know we're, we're just we're excited to add those guys. Something that's flying under the radar here, I think, externally at least, not internally, is the emphasis you put on special teams too. Uh, Ashton Davis was a very good kickoff returner at California. Lamichael Pirine contributing on teams at Florida, and then. We talked about it. Grant Boyer stood on the table for his punter, Braden Mann, and you guys picked him up in the sixth round. So uh, shouldn't we think in terms of not just the way you're attacking offense and defense, but where some of these acquisitions uh, will help and factor into special teams play? Yeah, the best teams are balanced teams um, across the board in all three phases, and they have depth. And, um, you know, we feel good about 
the, the depth we've added on special teams. You feel good about some of the, some guys that can compete to be contributors next year on special teams. I know Brant's fired up about a few guys, but also, you know, like you, like you, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like you mentioned on man, um, a guy that we, we're excited about. I mean, and the things that he can do with his directional kicks, the leg strength, um, the ability to kick off if need be. So another guy that can, that can really do more than one thing. The virtual off-season program underway, Joe. What's going to be the challenge ahead for uh, – we talked about Sam Darnold a little bit. A lot of new pieces on offense, but we don't know uh, when you guys will be able to see the field just like anybody in the National Football League. But uh, what do you think about your head coach, Adam Gase, talking about he's got to become an extension of the coaching staff now? Yeah. You know, these, these virtual meetings, um, these OT, virtual OTAs, they're big, you know, and just having the opportunity to jump into a couple of different meetings, seeing the interaction that's going back and back and forth between the players and the coaches, um, you know, going over last year's tapes, going over the things that we could do better, uh, go, going over just the, the base, the day one basic fundamentals. Um, you know, there's, there's an energy, you know, there's, there's a lot of hungry guys. So I, I think I think the energy is there, the hunger is there, and now the next step is us getting together and building the chemistry. And so that's that's uh, obviously there's uncertainty with what's going on around the world, but I think that's the next step when we get together again is to really start building that chemistry that takes good teams that that can take you from being a good team to a great team. And so um, you know we uh, we've got a lot of work to do, like we said, but I think I think that's going to be a big thing for us moving forward when we're able to get back together under one roof do you think you guys took a step forward with the culture here in the off season because you targeted specific people in free agency not just the roles on the field but what they would bring inside your room and then you followed it up with in the draft you selected six team captains out of your nine picks yeah i mean we're excited about the character that we added um, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, you know, they're, we're excited about the ability and we're excited about the character and, you know, we, we just, we just have to get everybody in the locker room and, and, and let that character show in the locker room, in the building, on the field. Um, so just, just excited to, to, to get everybody back, to get everyone together. Um, but yeah, that, you know, I think we, I think we drafted, um, and brought in through free agency, passionate guys that love football. Um, and I, I think, I think we're going to see that really show when we get back together. And final question here. Do you think Adam Gates talks always that always in terms of, we want to be a team that gets to the tournament and competes for a championship. Uh, I'm not asking for any playoff predictions, which would be ridiculous or anything like that. More so do you like, where you're at and do you think you've taken a step closer and now it's got to come together like you were mentioning chemistry wise we get on the field and see what happens but this roster is coming together the way you envisioned it yeah um feel you know, we talked a little bit earlier about about the character about the ability that's really the baseline that's the foundation and then we and then we add the chemistry of all being together, 
And then, um, you know, I think once, once we do all those things and we actually have, we start stringing good practices, good, good periods, good practices together, good, good uh, weeks together, good games together. And then that's when the, the, the last thing comes and that's the confidence, you know, that we can go out and compete, uh, week in, week out with any team in the National Football League. And once, once we have that chemistry and confidence, um, it, it's going to be a powerful thing, you know, we, we've, we've just got to get together and build that, you know, and, you know, to, to get to our ultimate goal, you know, we, we have to, we have to get in the tournament, you know, and that's, you know, that, you, you know, you're not going to win a Super Bowl unless you, unless you get into the dance. So, and, and if you're not trying to win a Super Bowl every year, you shouldn't be in this business. So, um, you know, that's our goal every year, you know, is to try to is try to punch our ticket in this dance and, uh, and, and make some noise. You know, um, but again, like I said, we've got a lot of work to do. EA, great insight from Joe Douglas as always. And let's take a look at where this roster is now. You know, this defense has a chance to be kind of scary when you think about it with CJ Mosley and Jamal and a revamped secondary. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Avery Williamson, how he comes back from his ACL injury. But, you know, this defense has a chance to really do something nice here. In 2020, I think. I think it's going to be very strong. I don't even think it's an argument. C.J. Mosley and Jamal Adams are two of the best players at their respective positions in the National Football League. Okay? Uh, that defense, is it should take a step forward. Remember, it's year two for them, t- too. And now Sam Darnold will be staying in the same offensive system. And the Jets have gotten better around him. We'll have to see how it all plays out at the wide receiver position. Thing is, is Sam, they have embraced him offensively, putting him in position potentially to be successful. Now, how's it all going to play out with this virtual offseason program and when these guys actually can get on the field and Darnold's going to have to be the extension of the coaching staff. But yeah. I, I think there is reason for optimism right now. Remember, this team won seven and nine last year. You don't get medals for when it, going seven and nine, but so, you know they headed in the offseason with a six and two stretch. And now I think everybody you would talk to externally would even admit that this roster looks a lot better on paper than it did when it closed the year in Buffalo. I absolutely agree with that, and that is how we will close out. This episode of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. EA and I back tomorrow with a special edition of the podcast. Stay tuned.